and uh, I let my mom taste it because she was there. And she she took like one little sip and she was just like, oh, this this is disgusting. <laughs> like this tastes like she she literally said it tasted like like vomit smells. Oh, is God. how she described it. <laughs> Real world beer tasting notes from mom. Be appreciative for everything you got and make sure you um, throw some bikes and beer in there too. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Ooh, we're back for another podcast. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I love that. Ooh, ooh. Anyhow. So, you know, we met a lot of great people along the road, and... Um, Ken and Kevin from Trails to Ales, they have a, that's a podcast. You guys will hear more about that in a second, but that's a podcast these guys do about beer and biking. And obviously we're an easy, easy friendship forms right there because we're all in that same boat. So we're not going to talk too long here at the beginning. Um, we're sitting in South Dakota as we record this. I believe we said that in the podcast too. We probably did, but you know, it wouldn't be me if I wasn't repeating things. If, even if I'm repeating things before they happen. (laughs) because <laughs> that hasn't happened yet in the podcast at least as far as people are listening so ooh, ooh. so with that ooh, let's jump right on in with kevin and ken from trails tales enjoy ooh. you ready mm-hmm. wait, wait and you're just wait, gonna start wait. oh you're just gonna jump in ah why not what are you what are you drinking there i can't i'm trying to read the can we are drinking the can art is like really crazy cool it's um like this Godzilla thing. Juice Z. Juice Z. Juice Z from Lift Bridge Brewing, which I think is here in, um, we're pretty close to Sioux Falls, South Dakota right now. Nice. I think it's from Sioux Falls. So what are you guys drinking? And uh, wait, Kevin. let me back up. So this is um, Kevin and Ken from Trails to Ales. We should find out who we're talking to first. That's true. We should be introducing people. <laughs> we're not anonymous anymore. <laughs> not anonymous. Now you have to tell the truth of what you're uh, drinking. Anonymous beer drinkers from Virginia unite. <laughs> yeah. right, Ken, what are you drinking t- this morning? Oh, I am drinking a, um, this is a, a Hellas Lager from Aslan. And Aslan is here in Northern Virginia. They have two locations and they were really known for their big IPAs, but they have really good game in the lager department too. And this uh, Hellas is quite nice. That's cool. It's actually surprising how, like how much lagers have taken over in craft beer now, not taken over, but really gotten a big foothold. Like there's a lot of brewers making lagers now when that used to be, you know, nobody drank a lager if it was craft beer. What about you, Kevin? What did you pull out? So I'm drinking the Baltic Sunrise by Hardywood, uh, which is a Baltic porter that's brewed with locally roasted coffee. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of going. To, yeah, <laughs> that's what I figured. It's kind of kind of going outside of my my typical menu, but uh, but yeah, I figured for a, a morning conversation, this would probably be. The most suiting. <laughs> so you mentioned a typical menu. What 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 would be your typical menu? Anything IPA. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, IPAs are my thing. Like <laughs> Kevin was a big Aslan fanboy from the early days, and I wasn't just that into him because they were brewing all these really big like dippas and stuff, and everything was twelve percent. And 
you know, I was like, if I'm going to drink a beer, I don't want to just have the one because, you know, beer is fun and you want to explore. And I'm like, well, now I've just had 12% in one can. It's sort of, you know, it's like the kid in the candy store, you know, and you, <laughs> I just yeah. drink till you get. So anyway, but they've started bringing it down. They have a lot in the six, 7% range. And uh, as you see, they're doing the loggers and everything else. So I've actually become a bigger fan of Aslan over time. So <clears throat> Kevin has shown me, uh, his, what, you know, why they're so good. And, um, so anyway, I also like, I wasn't into the really hazy IPAs for a while. I was more of a, given my age compared to the young man on the other side there. Um, you know, I was more of a West coast IPA, you know, more of the bitterness kind of guy. And he was into the juicy, hazy things. And I just broadened my horizons and, uh, enjoy them all now. I, I'm trying to start doing that. I'm getting a little better at it. Um, I've had a couple pretty good sours lately. Um, I don't like the funky sours so much, but I'm starting to find some fruity sours. In, in fact, I had this one uh, from a, a brewery in, in Delaware uh, last week, and it's um, a sour, fruited sour with marshmallow. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds crazy, and the taste is amazing. And it's it's like a a, a sweet tart kind of sour, not you know like that the funky kind of farmhouse sour not the gesture taste you know no. yeah <laughs> yeah right that actually almost sounds kind of like uh along the lines of like a milkshake ipa you know now they've got the the ipa with the lactose in it that right I think maybe for somebody who ha doesn't like the bitter ipa it makes it more approachable and like just like mm -hmm. the juicy ones do too when they're not yeah. when they're not very bitter you know i think that's an approachable beer for a lot of people because yeah. have that pucker factor on your face <laughs> yeah exactly i like the sour funky stuff though um my <laughs> wife is huge on that stuff so um i, I just like that really that farmhousey funky good stuff you know um but i can never i can never get it well i can get it but like i get a bottle you know those are typically more expensive right and they're usually yeah. in bottles and usually my wife gets nine tenths of the bottle and I get my little uh, Great American Beer Festival one ounce taster. <laughs> Who was that kind of works for me, though. Can you remember <laughs> how he said it? We interviewed um, Bobby. He's the owner and brewer at Back Pew Brewing just outside of Houston, Texas. And he was talking about the first person or just thinking about can you imagine um, the first person who figured out like the funk and like the, the saisons he's yeah. like <laughs> he's like these guys over in belgium or wherever you know they're like out on a farm there's this stuff hay and stuff sitting in a big bucket of water and it just starts fermenting out in the sun and he's like huh i might want to try drinking that and bobby goes ballsy dude <laughs> <laughs> no fermentation is born <laughs> i know it's like can you imagine uh, just <laughs> like people the guts it would take like so people who figured stuff out like the difference with uh with uh, malts and um, different grains and different temperatures and all that it's just like wow imagine you're in some abbey 300 years ago and you're like well sorry guys i have to throw out this barrel they would not be pleased. <laughs> now it's like, save that barrel, and then we'll just blend it with another barrel. There you go. I'll never forget a time. I was in uh, Florida, Kenna, at Seven Sun, which is, is close to where I grew up in, in Dunedin, Florida. And uh, they make some really wild beers, too. A lot of good IPAs. But they also 
uh, do a lot of really interesting sours and saisons. And uh, they had, I, I don't know if you ever heard of um, Hunapu's Day, which is a big festival in Tampa, Florida. Uh, so they have a Hunapu hangover day, which is the day after on, on the Sunday. And uh, so I never typically make it to the Hunapu's day, but I've, I've gotten to the hangover day. And uh, I remember I tried this one Saison and, and I really liked it. It, it was good. It, it, it was like uh, something with like lemon and stuff. It, it was it was a nice tasting Saison for me. And uh, I let my mom taste it because she was there. <laughs> And she she took like one little sip, and she was like, "Oh, this this is disgusting. <laughs> like this tastes like she she literally said it tasted like like vomit smells. Oh, is God. how she described it. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I'm like I could see that. I could see that. But it's not for everyone. That, what if you look past that? What does it taste like? Real world beer tasting notes from mom. Yeah. I could see those notes. Yeah, it tastes like vomit, but uh, I pick up some uh, of breakfast grains in there. Maybe yeah. a toast and Fruit loops. Yeah. <laughs> what did I eat this morning? No. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Speaking of vomit, let's go back to beer. Speaking of vomit, about your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys run a podcast all about biking and beer. Sounds kind of familiar. Right. Um, trails, maybe, fails. Yeah. Trail fails. Maybe. Both of you can kind of tell us how you got that started, like where you met, like why you decided to start it, because you both still work a full-time job and actually make money, unlike um, <laughs> us on this side of the world. We still work. Yeah, but we admire you for that. Like, so you're living the dream, and we're um, <laughs> we're working for the man. But I don't know, um, you know, that old couples thing. We met cute, you know. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Kevin. You tell the story. All right. So I. Uh, Man, this is, it's been what, at least seven years ago now? Um, yeah, about. Ken was leading a pre mountain bike race, uh, like sneak peek ride at the trail the race was going to be at, uh, which was on Quantico. Uh, it's a military base here in Northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. And um, I just happened, I happened to go because it was a, a free opportunity to go to these trails, which typically it costs money and you have to, you have to be either a member of the club that rides there or a uh, you have to have like a, a military ID. So somehow they were able to skip that and let pretty much anybody who wanted in to go that day. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to check this out. And uh, that was back when I, I mean, I was just riding by myself. I was getting back into mountain biking. Really, I was riding my single speed surly karate monkey. And uh, I show up, I'm wearing my, Hopworks Urban Brewery Ace of Spades IPA jersey. And I still have that thing, even though it's got a hole in the, the shoulder, but that's, that's another story. story. <laughs> uh, and, and Ken, he was like, hey, man, that's a cool jersey. Are you, are you a beer drinker and stuff? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm getting into it. You know, I don't, I don't you know, know much. But, uh, you know, long story short, we hit it off. He was amazed at my abilities on a single speed to, to keep up with everybody. And I remember you telling me, dude, you are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really intensely hilly course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was tough. But, uh, but yeah, so he, you know, afterwards he, we were talking about my jersey and stuff. And he's like, you know, there's a lot of good breweries around here. Um, you know, if, if you're ever interested, I, I could, you know, meet up with you and show you a couple of good ones and stuff. So I was like, hey, let's, you know, let's get together and ride. I don't have many friends that ride. So, you know, maybe we can ride and then go check out a brewery after or something like that. So um you know uh the relationship was born yeah and uh 
yeah, so from there, you know, we started riding and then checking out some breweries here and there. Um, and then, it, it, you know, a couple of years probably gone by, right, Ken? I mean, it wasn't yeah. right away. There was one day where we were riding a trail and, you know, it's just Ken and I. And the whole time we ride, we're sitting there yelling to each other <laughs> or, or back to to the other person like, oh, hey, did you read that article in the new VA Craft Beer magazine about such and such brewery and like how they did this and that? So, you know, we, that's how we just talk. We would, you know, talk brewery, um, you know, in, info and, and topics while we're riding. And then afterwards, we would have a, a beer in the parking lot and, and hang out for a little bit as time permitted. Uh, this is before I was married and has, have a kid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, Ken, Ken started telling me about some of these uh, YouTubers that are starting to do, like, mountain bike videos and they just record themselves riding. And, uh, you know, how, how cool the videos are. He's like, you need to check these out. So, you know, one day I was just like, you know, why don't we record ourselves while we ride? Cause we're talking about beer while we're mountain biking. And I'm like, it'd be fun to have the sound of mountain biking and like us hitting jumps or, you know, you know, the typical noises you make grunting up a hill and stuff like that while we're, you know, chatting about beer. Uh, you know, what do you think of that? And, and Ken was on board with the idea and I was like, let's just try it out. You know, like let's record ourselves while we ride. And um, I, I feel like it evolved from there pretty quickly because we realized it was tough to get, be able to converse and record that while we're riding. So then it evolved into, uh, you know, we would record a, a ride that we did, take video pictures and um, document it. And then, find a brewery locally that we would go to afterwards and document that and, you know, try to interview someone that worked there or the owner and uh, tie that together. So we could, you know, put a, an episode together that says, Hey, you know, you can check out this trail. And then afterwards, here's a good brewery option uh, that you could take a look at. You mean uh, like living in a stout life. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Yeah. We had two big challenges in that one when we were trying to do it with just the audio is we ended up with two sources Now, not to get too technical, right? But we couldn't record, there's no way you're going to have a microphone between you, right? So Kevin would have a recorder going and I had a recorder going. So editing became really hard for two guys to have day jobs, right? It's not like I could manage all that that material and then edit it. So that was hard. And then the video stuff, you guys know, video editing takes a lot of time. Yeah. So we just ended up sticking to the audio side of it. And then we sort of narrowed it down to what we do now um, once a week over the hump. where Because we just... Like you guys, you know, we love the th we love bikes, we love beer, and we could talk about it forever, right? And we were, but not everybody wants to listen to us forever, so we just sort of cut it down. And so we were like, okay, well, you talk about a bike thing, and I'll talk about a beer thing, and then we always have more than one thing to talk about. So we threw in this bonus thing, right? One of us gets to talk about one extra topic, and so we just do that every week. Now we're on our seventy fourth week in a row of, of having somehow managed to get an episode out every week for seventy four weeks. <laughs> So, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's we're really good. what? We're about, I don't know, 12 weeks in or something? <laughs> no, four, 13 14, or 14, 14? weeks. Okay. You know, challenge your, if you challenge yourself, you'll find it motivates you to get it done, right? It's like it's so easy to go, ah, we're not going to get one out this week. And we've done it through holidays. We did it through you know, the birth of his kid. Well, that does, that's not 74 <laughs> weeks ago, but we did do a podcast back then. But then yeah. we started over the hump, the weekly thing. Um, I think and, as an evolution from me becoming a parent, it's hard to, uh, you know, dedicate and commit enough time 
So you're putting together those those full episodes of where we were, you know, hitting a trail and a brewery, um, you know, all in one day. So I think that's when we decided on the over the hump format where it's like, you know, we can we could bang out a recording in like an hour or so. And it's, it's less content for Ken to uh, edit, which Ken does all the editing. I, I can't take any credit for that. And uh, he does all the hard work. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's good content. And like Ken said, you know, like, you know, we don't have forever to, uh, you know, spend time recording. But we also realize that, you know, the listeners also don't have a lot of time to listen. So this format, it, you know, it kind of scratches everybody where they itch. And we also realized that, you know, we're not the only podcasters out there talking about this stuff, like just like you guys, you know, and people want to listen to everything or, or they have more than one that they listen to. So, you know, this this, you know, opens the door to allow people to, um, you know, listen to some variety and still, you know, listen to us. <laughs> You're not you decided to forego the Joe Rogan format of three hours of a podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I yeah. Neither one of us is Joe Rogan either. So yeah, <laughs> I can't you know can't claim that level of confidence. But you know, there's a few people like you guys who would like we could talk about can art all day, right? You guys would be into it, and you would talk, you know. But most people aren't like that. So you know, if you start going down that route with like people from work, you know, they're like, well, you know, okay, it's a can. I don't know. And so what's cool about Over the Hump is at least I get for an hour or so every week, I get to talk to somebody, Kevin, who actually gives a crap about the stuff I'm talking about. You know, like, oh, Ballast Point was, uh, you know, purchased by another craft beer company, and now they're an independent craft brewer again. Most people will be like, yeah, so, I don't know. Oh, I know. I geek out on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, it's really cool because now, like, look what they did when they came back from the COVID stuff and they rehired all their staff, and it's really cool, and people are like, their brewery i don't know who cares right like well but they treated their people really cool well yeah whatever sculpting's good <laughs> and I, kevin's like yeah you guys found your tribe and you kept it going and whoever listens yeah. to you awesome whoever doesn't fine i still well, get yeah, to, you know you still get to talk about it and have a good time <laughs> well that's yeah. what you have to do too you can't you can't be everything to everybody you know even if you would like yeah. to be uh, as you know have the subscriber list that joe rogan has or whatever you know it's like that's just not what we do and not what you do. Do you guys have any tricks as to how you make sure it happens every week? Sort of. I think it's yeah. sort of like, um, you know, I'll ask Kevin, Hey, when can you record this week? Or we let each other, I mean, the, the advantage disadvantage of COVID is uh, we're not going anywhere. Right. So usually it's like uh, when I, my job required me to travel a lot. So I'd have to say, Hey, Kevin, I'm going to be in Denver next week so i need to record on monday before i go so i can bring the stuff with me or he might say he's going to Cal like he was going to california for work and so we had to work it in with that so we just start the week by going when can you record you know your bike thing on beer thing go and, and that's one of our our uh, elements of the show that keeps it fresh is i know that his week it's his week for a bike topic but i don't know what it's going to be right and that mean that makes me have to react to it and same you know on the beer side whatever so sometimes it's it's kind of funny because it's like that's what you wanted to talk about <laughs> you know <laughs> like go deep on something where you're like why did you decide that you know that's the time you know, why are we talking about bears <laughs> well and it's actually an interesting topic though especially if you're a mountain biker yeah it's a really interesting it's relevant 
Well, it was really good for Virginia. So it's really easy here to ignore the fact that there are black bear here. Right. Because like when I think of bear, I think about out, you know, out west with you guys. Right. You know, and then you hear about all the attacks out there. And you as you heard in the podcast, we are starting to see more bear here. And I never think about them. I see deer. And if there's deer, well, there aren't going to be bears so far behind. Right. Yeah. So we, um, uh, well, even in Colorado, we don't think too much about it because you have a lot of um, black bears. So. You yeah. don't have, there's really, I think maybe there's been one report of possibly a grizzly in Colorado, but there's no grizzlies in Colorado. But when you head out, even like you said, to like Montana and up in the Pacific Northwest, maybe more in Canada, you're going to come across those grizzlies and they're a very different type of bear than, you know, yeah. the tiny little black bears that you really yeah. like. <laughs> the tiny little 400 <laughs> black bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I rode in Canada, I, I was paranoid. I mean, like my wife and I were constantly like singing and yelling and it's like, like here we are here we're coming around the corner bear here we come because <laughs> you know you know they're out there but black bears are usually not so aggressive as like a grizzly bear and so if they hear you they'll usually stay away yeah but, kevin you mentioned too it's like i think it was you who mentioned that that it's not just the bears you have to watch out for it's those deer because when they come flying across you you're going to get nailed by a deer which oh, i yeah. almost, we almost have done that twice there was one that cut across right in front of me when we just were just last month Oh, he did that to me when we were talking earlier. I have a story, and he goes to another story. <laughs> Anyhow, you have to watch out for the deer just as much as you have to watch out for the bear. Although the deer won't particularly try to come at you, they're just going to knock you off your bike. <laughs> right, right. We, do you, they're, they're just so quick, you know, and, and they blend in more, you know, with the the landscape. And, and I think deer are, are more of a danger around Kenanai's neck of the woods. Uh, but I mean. I've had a couple times where, yeah, I rounded a corner and I had to slam on my brakes because there's like three of them just on the trail and they just freeze and they look at you like they're about to charge at you. And, you know, you see those those antlers and, you know, you start to get a little bit nervous there. Put your bike in between you and them. And they'd be like, do you want to play chicken? Well, let's play chicken. Some, some of them will sit there and stare at you like, you know, are, you're you're thinking are they, are they challenging me or they just they think I don't see them you know like they're they're frozen you know and camouflaged or what so yeah I mean you definitely got to respect all all wildlife out there in my opinion. Speaking of trails then and stuff, how about like what are the you guys are in Virginia? Um, what are, what are the trails like out there? Uh, I know a lot of are they crowding up now or I mean because. You know, a lot of people aren't traveling as freely as they'd like to. And right now you can't really do some of the things you want to do. But I know in Colorado and some of the places we've been, the outdoor spaces have been getting a little more crowded than normal. Yeah, the challenge for us and it's worse for Kevin than for me is like during the phase one lockdown when you weren't supposed to like the parks were closed and you weren't supposed to go anywhere that you couldn't get to by foot or bike. I live two miles from a trail system, one of the ones we ride a lot, called uh, Lake Akatink. And I was able to ride there from my house two miles on the road, then I'm on the trail. And Kevin lives closer into D.C., and there are no mountain bike trails there, so he was stuck on pavement. I'll let him talk about that. But what I saw was when the early phase of the lockdown went on, all of a sudden everybody discovered the great outdoors because <laughs> they got sick of being inside, right? So yeah. suddenly there were, I used to like, I'd grab a ride before work, so I used to hit – trail like right at sunup 
and there were actually people out there. Like, who are you people? Like, it's all of a sudden there's all these people on the trail. Yes, for sure. And then we saw people that were still poaching trails. Like, you could tell they drove there. They were parking their cars outside the park. You know, the parks were closed, so they park outside on the neighborhood roads and ride in. And so it, it did create quite a bit of congestion. But we are, I think, in phase three now. So today. Yeah. Yeah. So the parks are open and you can drive and park in the parks and it's changing, but I don't know that, that like Kevin, how did you deal with not being able to get to trails? So luckily um, the Northern Virginia area, well in Arlington specifically in DC, there's a, a great uh, paved trail network uh, that's open to, you know, any, any type of transportation except motors, fuel motors, at least. Electric motors is another. Don't get them started on bikes now. <laughs> yeah, but um, actually, you know, I I took advantage of the situation to um, start, you know, uh, giving my daughter rides um, in the trailer that we got. So I, I've I've got one of those Burley B trailers, uh, and I hook it up to the back of my bike, and uh, we live about I think five or six miles from Reagan National Airport, and it's accessible all by trail, like right outside of my neighborhood. Uh, so I, I, you know, after work, um, on weeknights, I have been taking to her, um, up until past week when it's just been too hot. Uh, but I've been taking her for rides out there. She loves seeing the airplane. So we'll just go and there's like a field out there at the, the end of the airport, um, where you can just hang out and watch planes come in. Uh, so I'll take her out there for a ride and, and she loves it. So like, and if I open up my shed where all my bikes are, uh, the trailer's inside there, and, and anytime she sees me open that shed, she's like in there with me. Like she'd point out at her uh, trailer, like "Come on, let's go," you know. So, uh, so she really enjoys it now, which, which you know, I'm glad. And uh, so it's given me an opportunity to, you know, spend some bonding time with her over bikes, you know. What's her Sorry, after, uh, after biking drink? <laughs> um, eight ounces of milk. <laughs> Good answer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. She's being raised in a good home. <laughs> She'll learn. <laughs> so there's a group called Arlington Trails, which is uh, some advocates, mountain biking advocates to allow mountain bikers to ride on uh, non-paved trails in Arlington, which there are a good amount of them. Right now it's, it's outlawed, although, you know, people still do it. Um, and so there's a, a, a like a council meeting about it online tonight uh, that I'm going to join. And, and, you know, I'm trying to get involved in it more now, um, now that I'm aware of, of the group, you know, we're, we're trying to basically get them to approve uh, of mountain bikers riding these off-road trails that are local. Uh, so that'll be nice if we can, you know, get it approved and, and make it legal. Uh, so that way I can just ride, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it would be nice to, to legalize that for sure. Yeah. Do you know why it's illegal? Because right now they're only um, uh, approved for foot traffic, and there's I guess there's enough of the local government uh, pushing to keep them off of those tra- like mountain bikers off of those trails because I guess it's, it's dangerous and there, there's a lot of local um, citizens or residents here uh, that are against it as well because they think all bikers are a holes, which is an actual comment in some of the conversations online that I've seen. And there's been some illegal development of trails in Arlington as well, uh, where people are building jumps and stuff in the woods and people are seeing that and they're, they're basically giving all the bikers a bad name. So 
uh, this this Arlington Trails group is trying to help you know build that reputation in a positive way, uh, so that we can get uh, some mountain bike trails in the area. Cool. That's we we do have a lot of great trails in Virginia, um, and we have a lot of areas. So our our local club, more um, Mid Atlantic Off Road Enthusiasts, is a local chapter of IMBA, and they've been great at. Uh, working with local authorities to get us access to all kinds of trails. And for an urban area, we are really lucky. You know, we live, uh, you know, Kevin's like a few miles from the border of the District of Columbia, and I'm like 10 miles from the border. And we, last night, we rode 13 and a half miles of single track, right? Yeah. I mean, and, it, and we didn't cover, we didn't keep riding around in circles. I mean, it was all, right. yeah. Trails. And, um, that's pretty good for not living in a open, you know, a Western big mountainous place. I mean that. Yeah. And so what, what we, in some ways it's, you know, people get frustrated because, Oh, I just want to build this jump or I want to build this trail or whatever. But if we work with the local group, we keep our access. Right. And that's, what's cool is like they, they negotiate with the authorities to say, Hey, look, you know, our, we put in 3000 hours worth of volunteer time cleaning these trails last year. Like mm -hmm. you, do you really want us to go away? Do you really want to shut us out? And in fact, we had a situation where a local hiking group turned to our group to take over their trails when they sort of all aged out. They were a local Appalachian Trail Club group and they were getting older and they were looking for somebody to maintain their trails that had never been open to mountain biking. And they came to our club and said, we know you guys maintain all the trails on the other side. Would you want to take over this? And darn it, now we don't have another, you know, six and a half, seven miles of trail, right? That park, it's awesome. No, yeah, I think just, in, in the Northern Virginia area alone, there's over a hundred miles of single track. Wow. That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, well, for you guys, oh, we, I'm no, sorry. No, that's okay. We've, we've seen a lot of that too. I think where, I think the trail, where the trails open up just out of necessity because it's either share the trails or there are no trails for bikes. Um, like in Northeastern Alabama, there were some trails there that we've been to that, um, they were, you can tell they were hiking trails originally only, and now they've opened up to bikes, but then there's local bike group that comes in and they, they're the ones that are maintaining the bridges and the things like that, that make it easier to get across little creeks. And even for whether you're on a bike or whether you're on foot, you know, and, and I think yeah. that sharing the experience, you know, we can all get along and get it, do that out yeah. there. I think really. I, they aren't they aren't as good a trails as truly cut mountain bike trails though i'll say that yeah, there's nothing like that yeah i mean those those it makes a difference i mean our, our trails a lot of them are hand built not machine built but we're getting some grants to put in some machine built stuff and then where some people say well you're dumbing down the trails um our the our trail liaisons would say well what we're trying to do is make them sustainable right with all the we we have weird silty soil that doesn't handle water really well so if you don't prepare drain if you don't deal with drainage then your trails are just wrecked and so you know they're they're they do take, keep that in mind when they're building the trails but the, the western part of our state is completely different though so we live in the um northeastern <clears throat> part of virginia close to the district uh, and all, we can go up to maryland or they have boy they have a great trail system up there too um you guys got to come out here because you guys between the breweries and the trails you guys are uh 
<laughs> you could you could spend a good three months here and never ride the same trail twice. What did we spend? Like we made like a beeline when we first left in the RV. We made a beeline to basically to Maine, and then we were in Maine Columbus Day, and we had to be in Charleston on like October thirteenth for a wedding. So, so we picture that we just like we went to so many places that we had like a day or two, and then we just like went zoom straight down and missed ninety five. So much. <laughs> And 95 is terrible coming down the East Coast because there are tolls everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. Get, the, get the easy pass. Yeah, you got to get an If you don't have it already. Definitely. That, worth that, it. Is, that thing's a lifesaver. Anybody traveling down the East Coast, get that easy pass because you will be, otherwise you're stopping like every few miles, yeah. especially as you, you hit that cluster of states where you can hit like four or five states in like five hours. That's a really yeah. big travel tip right there, though, like you're saying, yeah. is if you didn't know that ahead of time, like, look that up and get that pass. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, and then you go through these places where you can't pay, and they just send you a bill in your mail, and yeah. if you're like us, and you're not going to be home for, like, three or four months, and then you get the bail, bill, and then you get another bill, and then you get a late fee, and then you get a late <laughs> fee, and by the time that you should have paid, like, maybe five bucks for something, you're now owing, like, $200. That's never happened to <laughs> yeah, I mean the easy pass is five bucks for the the transponder, and I mean you're only paying. You, you have to preload your, your your transponder with like a credit card or something, and yeah, it, it makes life so much easier. I, I I wish I had gotten it sooner, but I, I bought it, and then I started realizing I was hitting tolls more than I expected, especially since you know going mountain biking in other states. Uh, so it, it just made sense. So highly recommended. Can I back up a little bit to when you guys were talking about trails and trail building and like realizing what you need when you're on a trail and how I, I've done this with hiking trails and you volunteer for Colorado it was the volunteers of outdoor Colorado and you go and you actually build the hiking trails and this was years ago but from that I gained so much respect for knowing and understanding the work that went into the trails that we were hiking on that it, it, it just elevates like your knowledge of it and your understanding of all the work that goes into that so like if you get a chance if like our listeners or anyone you ever get a chance to join like an alliance or just some kind of a trail building thing for mountain bikes and you get to help build these trails like it's a great way just to realize what gets put into this and how much work is put into these trails that you love and then you sure. more. yeah because we are yeah. in the hiking trails too we built these huge steps and we were like on a 14er it was cold. It was hard. We had to like lug these rocks to build steps. And it's like, you just gain this appreciation for what you love. It is incredible. It's like, and that's again, like trails to ales. It's like beer and beer and trails are sort of that same thing. Like you can just drink the beer and go, that was a good beer. But as you guys know, and you pull out of the people you go interview, there's a story behind every one of those beers. They're not just throwing ingredients in the pot and going, Oh, I hope that works. And the same thing is on the trail. It's like, you could just ride over the trail and you never think about, oh, look how that side is reinforced with rock. You know, you never think about the story behind that. And so we've met some trail liaisons and there's one guy, uh, Mike Applegate, at one of our local trails called Laurel Hill, who's a retired Marine who just adopted a trail system. And every time I ride there, I'm going like, wow, Mike, you just did that. You know, and like, you know, you, you have an appreciation when you've been part of it. That because this isn't just like oh the park system through these trails here and now I'm entitled to it no like somebody has to deal with it and make decisions and sure I'd love to make a you know a cool berm turn here but I can't because the rain's gonna pull at the bottom or whatever and they've made decisions that let all us all um, appreciate the trail you know and ride it yeah well yeah and you learn more about 
when when you start learning those technical things about why they maybe didn't put a berm in this spot or that, you start learning more about just the sustainability of it as well and why those trails go through a certain way and stuff so that you're not wrecking everything out there in nature, you know. You can you can safely make these trails so that we can all enjoy it, but not tear down what's out there and and it fits in with usually has to fit in somehow with the wildlife that's out there and everything too so that we can kind of coexist yeah right. yeah for sure you guys have some favorite trails that you um love or favorite tales of riding or a place you really want to go pick one of them. Oh man oh man all of that you go first kevin <laughs> oh, thanks i think favorite trail locally um Oh man, there, there's so many good ones, but I mean, I, I will say Wakefield just because Wakefield Park, because it is kind of like our backyard trail. That, that's where Ken and I rode just last night, and um, I mean, you know, I Wakefield Park was the first place I ever rode when I moved up to Virginia and got my first true mountain bike up here, and that was like crap, 16 years ago, um, and it's always been my go-to place if you know I have like visitors in town or something that want to go for a ride. That's the place I go. Um, you know, it's a reliable place, uh, really good support. And I mean, there's, you know, like Ken said, we rode 13 miles last night. None of it was a repeat and there was still more that we didn't hit, but places I'd, I'd like to go. Um, one of them is in, um, I, I guess Fayetteville, Arkansas. I, I'd, I'd really like to check those out. Um, and then, um, uh, I haven't been down to Pisgah yet, but Ken is telling me good things about that. And, um, I'm actually, so I'm from Florida originally. And, uh, when I grew up in high school is when I got into mountain biking, I was doing BMX and stuff before that, but I got into mountain biking in high school and, uh, there's actually a lot of really good trail systems down there now that I've been wanting to get to, but you know, Every time I go to, to Florida is to visit family. So trying to sneak away to actually get a bike ride in, I feel selfish. So um, one of these days, I'm just going to take a, a week to get down there and, you know, uh, you know, hit up a couple of different places that, that I've been following. Uh, so those, those are probably two of the big ones right now. And I, I would like to check out some of the Northeast, um, you know, like up in Vermont and stuff like that. I'd like to do a, a weekend trip. Uh, to ride Vermont and then also uh, get into the Alchemist and a couple of the yeah. you know well-known breweries up that way. Well, I'll pass it over to Ken. Well, yeah, I mean, you always have your place in your heart for your hometown trail. So like he said, Wakefield and it attaches to this other one near me called Lake Akatink. So um, th that network's really cool. But like the place like where I would like to go and where if I could do the stout life like you guys are doing the stout life, I would base myself in Brevard, North Carolina, and then travel out from there because I think Brevard is awesome. It's close enough to Asheville that you can get up there and enjoy all those breweries, but it's got Pisgah and DuPont trail systems there. If it rains, you can go ride their gravel. It's just really incredible. And I know it's really very U.S. focused between the two of us. I mean, I don't get to travel overseas much and ride. Um, I know there's good riding in Costa Rica. I was there for work, but I didn't get to ride. I've ridden in Canada, and I haven't been able to ride like in, in the UK. I've hiked over there, but I know there's great trails. But you guys, thank you very much, YouTubers of uh, Living a Stout Life. You've got me jonesing for Buena Vista and Salida because I've been to Colorado Springs and been out there because my daughter lives there. 
but I've never been, I've never ridden in that spot of Colorado. I've been out to Fruta and I've been to mm. Moab, mm. but Salida and Buena Vista, I mean, you get with the breweries and every, it just sounds so good. So definitely want to do that. And I didn't realize Eddie line was there. Yeah. I didn't know where it was. Right. So I picked up my Eddie line in Lakewood, Colorado, right. Cans. Oh. You guys were at the brewery. I'm like, ah. and then you had your broken compass shirt on. I'm like, damn, I need to go back to Colorado. So yeah, I need to go. Where do I want to ride? Everywhere. <laughs> plan a trip together out there and we'll all just tour around man the, yeah we have some favorites awesome. all over there but yeah i mean salida and buena vista are definitely favorites because um like you mentioned eddie line you can you can literally catch the trail from just about a block away from eddie line's brewery well their restaurant brewery and like right up into the trail system from buena vista and salida is very similar anybody who's seen salida there's a big mountain right next to the town with a big S on it and there's trails all over that mountain and you're literally riding down main street out of town and boom up on the mountain. I love that. And that's awesome. Bentonville supposed to be like that too. Mm -hmm. I know you guys were in other parts of Arkansas. Did you ever get to Bentonville in this last trip or no? Did not. No, we were around that area and it was cold and rainy because we always seem to hit Arkansas when it's February. And so, mm -hmm. but no, we still haven't made it to Bentonville and that area for biking. Yeah. Yeah, Arkansas has become quite the hotbed for for a trail yeah. you know, with the Walton Walmart folks have all the money and they're willing to put it in the trails. I mean, that's what that's what you need, right? You need a you know a sugar daddy to basically. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's one of Sam Walton's grandsons that's kind of spearheaded that, right? Yeah, it's yeah, he took a liking to mountain biking. Yeah. If only Mount or Walmart could carry better quality mountain bikes. <laughs> Yeah, you think, right? <laughs> YouTube wouldn't be full with all those. Um, I rode a Walmart bike down Black Mountain stories, though, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fun to see a bike just come apart as you watch it go down the mountain. <laughs> That's one of my favorite YouTube moments. And I know you didn't ask me, but I'm telling you anyway. Um, I love it. <laughs> this guy, um, he does a mountain bike. Um, He's a huge YouTuber. I mean, I think he has like 3 million followers. His name's uh, Seth, Seth's Bike Hacks. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but he, he did, had an idea of getting a Walmart bike and riding it down some really rowdy Pisgah trail. And he had his friend Alex who goes by single track sampler with him. And I guess it was like three years ago or so. And this was my early days into watching YouTube videos of mountain biking. And Seth's derailleur just falls off the bike. I mean, he's going down. Yeah. But the funniest part was Alex comes riding up behind him and he just looks at his bike and he goes, What happened, bro? And I was like, All right, <laughs> that's the best YouTube moment ever. <laughs> what happened, bro? <laughs> like, you have to start with what you have. Otherwise, you know, you'll right. never. Right. I mean, we all yeah. rode single speeds as kids. We didn't call them that, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you rode up those hills, too. It doesn't matter. You didn't have gears. You rode your ass up those hills without a problem. Right. Yep. I remember riding dirt hills with my banana seat Schwinn with the high handle. Yeah. <laughs> you have, like, the the um, the big thing behind the back brace behind you. Did you have one of those? I had one of those. I don't yeah. think I did. I think I just had the banana seat, and then I had the handlebars that came up kind of like a – Almost like a, a chopper motorcycle. Yeah. The ape hangers. Yeah. Mini ape hangers. Yeah, exactly. And how many times did you fly over those handlebars? Oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably <laughs> plenty at that time. Without a helmet. Yeah, no helmet. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't, they didn't have helmets. I mean, you had the little, uh, if anything, you wore the little caps that um, breaking from breaking away, the move never breaking yeah. away. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you're in road biking at all and watched like the Tour de France, they didn't start wearing helmets till what, like around 2000 or so. I'm like, holy crap! And they're riding in the middle of 150, 200 other cyclists and going 50 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. that's a completely different sport to me. Road road cycling. For yeah. for one, my my biggest negative about it is cars. I don't want to be near drivers. I, you know, I'd rather deal with the deer and the bear and the, you know, the roots and the rocks and, and not cars, not people on their cell phones and everything like that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I very much agreed. Um, we want to respect your guys' time, but we have a couple more questions or just want more stories. So we have to talk a little bit about like your favorite breweries in the region or, you know, or maybe a, how about like, and, and that's a really, really hard question because mm-hmm. I hate when people ask us that. I'm like, I don't know. All of them. <laughs> Because you're going to send someone, too. Maybe that stands out to you, or even if it's just a hometown brewery that you just love to go to, and then maybe one that you really want to visit that you haven't been to before. (laughs) That's tough. All right, so because we live in northern Virginia, so there's a certain set of breweries here. There's this to our west is Loudoun County, which has its own set of breweries. But then 90 miles south of us is Richmond, Virginia which is sort of the Asheville of Virginia. You know, it's just like brewery crazy there. And there's a brewery in Richmond that I've just recently been getting kind of crazy for. It's called Vazen, V-A-S-E-N, which is just everything they do is just freaking amazing. And um, I really like them. But locally, my closest brewery is a brewery called Fairwinds, which is um, they're a really great brewery. And it's a cool place to hang out. But recently, Aslan opened of a brewery within 10 minutes of here. So I really like going there, too. So I'd say, you know, Aslan and Fairwinds. But like you said, there are so many great breweries here for different occasions. And, and I do like you guys have done, you know, with the advice you, you're giving your readers and on your podcast, we try to tie it together with trails. So it's not so much like which brewery do I want to go to? It's like which one can we hit on the way back from the trail? Right. But with the current situation with COVID-19, we're not really going yet, right? Because um, your, your choice is, well, if you're going to ride, you want to go really early so you, the trails aren't crowded. So then when we come off the trails, the breweries typically aren't open yet. So we're, I'm doing a lot of um, takeout, like order, the, order from the brewery online, and then uh, they'll put it in your car. You show up, they put it in your car, and you, you take it home, which is kind of a bummer, but, you know, it'll come back and... Are the breweries not, are they open there yet for dining, for sitting in and drinking or not yet? They're open, but they are, do not allow bar seating. So there's right. no seating around the bar. They have to put, put tables six feet apart in their building if they can do that. And then their outdoor areas are open now. Okay. okay. Very similar. That's in our area. But we, we have another area to the west called Nelson County that has a number of breweries out there too. So, um, there's one other, uh, which I never get to go to. It's down in the south near the beach, um, and there's no real mountain biking down there, which is one of the reasons it's not a destination for us, is uh, called Oozlefinch. Uh, they're doing a festival in August. It's a virtual online festival where they're shipping 18 beers, and it depends on where you guys are going to be if you want to do it because you have to be able to receive your box of beers and you guys are nomads. So I don't know if that would work for you or not, but at least look at it because the format's cool and maybe you can reproduce that format somewhere else with some of your brewery friends and put together your own virtual festival, something like that. So anyway, I think I went on too long. Take it back to your question, which rich breweries, you know, like 
we have we're lucky. We're very brewery rich here. I would say uh, Fairwind and Aslan's are the one go, ones I go to the most. But the tiny one, the really super micro that I love is Bike Lane Brewing, which is where we held an event where it's right by the trails in Reston, Virginia, and you can go ride there and then go to the bike lane after and grab a pint. Um, and the brewery is right inside the bike shop. Is that the one? I know you guys did a collab beer. Is that where you did the collab? That's the one, yep. They okay. brewed the uh, Trailsdale's IPA. Right. And that when did that that happen? Back in March, right? At the beginning of March? Is that it right? It was two weeks later that we shut down. Yeah. That was the last thing we did. Yeah. So you were able to pull that off. Aside from, I think the weather, the weather. was a little rough for you, if I remember yeah. right. But, uh, but aside from that, things were still somewhat normal at that time, right? Yeah, I think it was like Kevin was about to go to California, and we were wondering, is that a good idea? Like we were because <laughs> uh, California yeah. was just starting to pop, um, and they were getting ready to shut down, and he went out to Northern California. But uh, let me let you tell your uh, favorite breweries. But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the bike lane brewing uh, because yeah, they they were uh, you know willing to to do a collaboration beer just for our event and, and the beer came out awesome. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait and I, I hope, you know, they'll brew that one again because I definitely want to drink some more of it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm uh, I guess I could say honored because, you know, they asked us, you know, what kind of style we would prefer and, and, you know, what hops we like and stuff like that. I mean, down to the hop variety of Citra because that's one of my favorites. Um, that's what they made uh, our specific beer with. Um, so yeah, definitely a shout out to those guys. And Blake, the and brewer, came Blake uh, rode with us. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, he rode with us on that event, and we did a little interview with him afterwards. Um, but then, and so Blake is related to my other favorite, which is Aslan, which is where this hat's from. Um, like Ken said, he's mentioned already a couple times. It's it's definitely my local local favorite. Uh, they just they keep cranking out beers and I mean they they have a pretty good rotation now and I mean I always have something that I like in their rotation uh, mostly lactose based uh, hazy IPAs I mean they're they're just the local kings of, of that type of beer in my opinion um, and their their actual facility is awesome the, the new one that they opened in Alexandria um, great place to hang out uh, great location. And, uh, you know, everything about it is cool. Uh, not so local, but local to the region. My favorite is RAR, or people will call them RAR. And, Ken, I, I'm sure you knew that I was going to say them. No, but, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know if you would count them or not because yeah. they're in Maryland. But, yeah, that's local. The DMV, they're, we call it. Yeah, we call it the DMV. Uh, they're, they're based out of Cambridge, Maryland. And uh, they're, they're definitely one of my favorites by far. Um, not just because of the beer, but you know, the venue is cool. They got some great food. You can go in and hang out and, and um, uh, they've got great can art and stickers too. So if you're into the, the brewery sticker game, I, I think those guys are at the top of the list. If uh, you want some cool stickers, um, if that matters, but, but they're same thing, their beers, you know, they, they've got a good sour line as, as well as a hazy IP line. Um, are probably their top two things, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, in, in general, they're, they're definitely one of my favorites and their staff is really cool too. 
Um, as far as breweries I'd like to get to that might not be so close, you know, the Alchemist is definitely high up on the list um, that I'd like to visit. And then uh, Stone, their, their location, their, where their, um, their big beer garden is and everything. Um, I'd definitely like to check that out just because, you know, our, our, in Northern Virginia, uh, wine is also a big thing. And my wife is more of a wine drinker. So, you know, we, we compromise and, and, you know, we'll go to wineries and breweries, but, uh, I definitely enjoy wineries for the location and just the view and stuff like that. So I, I hear, uh, Stone's beer garden that they have, um, it, it's supposed to be something worth checking out. So venues are something that attract me as well. It's like, I want to go somewhere that is fun and, and memorable to hang out at as well so those are the top on my list but there's there's plenty more for sure oh yeah <laughs> guess we have one more question but i'm going to change it up so we always ask people uh, you know we're all living a stout life and it means kind of living you know your greatest life your best life but i want to know each of you what your answer is to what is your stout life and the challenges is you have to do that answer within like one to three words like can it be individuals like bikes beer and um gratitude Yep. Sure. That's my, that's my stout life, right? He's like, be, be appreciative for everything you got and make sure you um, throw some bikes and beer in there too. Like right? it. That's hard. I mean, we, we're trying to squeeze it in with, you know, like you said, it's like work balance, life balance. I'm very fortunate to be married to somebody who also likes bike and beer and it makes it very easy for me in that regard, you know, like, um, She's asking when we're drinking and riding again, too. So that's good. Just like <laughs> and Kevin's wife rides, but not as rowdy as he does. But she she understands why he wants to be on the bike. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she's it's like. She's the yin to his yang. Yeah. 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 And Kevin. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think Ken, you know, pretty much defines it. But I could I could say it in another way. I, I could say uh, dirt, hops, and uh free time <laughs> finding free time you know as a, as a, a fairly new parent it, it's it you know definitely a little more challenging to find that free time but uh you know I, I did like i said i got my wife the peloton for christmas this past year and uh she's you know she's a big spinning fan like uh i, I try to get her mountain biking i guess she tried mountain biking in a previous life and had a, a couple of bad crashes and, and doesn't really want to do it anymore. Although she does, she does have a surly Krampus that I, that I got her as a Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> but uh, so I've taken her on some trails, but she's just not, she's not as huge of a fan of, of that as she is of just getting like the cardio workout that's involved in it. So uh, I, I got her the Peloton. She's like, that's the best gift you ever got me. And uh, you know, she loves it. And you know, I, I think she understands more now why it's important for me to get out and do my riding as well. So it, it's actually helped us both give each other that time to, to get, you know, our cycling, you know, needs uh, handled, um, you know, when, when time permits. So, so we, you know, take turns, uh, you know, watching the baby while the other goes and does their thing. So, well, I think on that, I think nice. I have I have a great cheers. How about like to the three B's here: bikes, beer, and balance. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. So before we let you go, 
just want to remind everybody that you're trails to ales and we do have a podcast over the hump that comes out at 10 p.m every tuesday night and um you know we're cool we have stickers so that makes us legit and uh, so we do the over the hump every week and then right now we've been hosting on the last wednesday of the month we've been hosting a virtual happy hour that uh kevin kicked off kevin can talk about more about it because he comes up with a theme for every every month uh, last month we did um who can bring the highest ibu beer and then the winner gets some beer from here so that's our plug wednesdays over the hump podcast into the uh last wednesday of the month virtual happy hour over you kevin yeah so just to elaborate on the the happy hour thing so it's not so much the theme but the contest involved in that month and uh yeah so we'll we'll ship out some beer or some kind of package to the winner uh for that month um but yeah i think i think you uh you know wrapped it all up pretty well i guess i can give a shameless plug to uh uh family <laughs> members business dixie liquor uh based out of georgetown in washington dc um i know the name says liquor but they do also sell uh, a good selection of craft beer so um, definitely check them out. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Well, thank you guys very much. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. Cheers, cool. guys. Cheers, guys. All right. Thank you. That was fun. They were really cool to talk to. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, well, we knew they were going to. That's why we had them on the podcast because they're just cool guys. And yeah, definitely. They do cool stuff that's similar to what we do. So they do a lot of them. So I, I really like enjoyed their last podcast that they did to the Bears. You could tell because that's what we were talking about, too. That was interesting and informative. Yes. Bears and Viking. Bears, Viking, beers. Yeah. Make sure you guys check out their podcast because it's really cool. Um, theirs is a little different format than ours. So it's it's fun because it shakes it up a little bit from what we do and what they do. So yeah, they kind of complement each other more than. Yeah. And like you repeat. heard them say, they do a beer thing, a bike thing, and a bonus thing. And I just want to make sure you know exactly how to find them because it is Trails to Ales, but it's Trails, T R A I L S, to the, the number two, Ales, A L E S. Right. com, I believe. But yeah, and, and they're on Instagram and stuff like that, too, yeah. and, and Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Um, and with that, we're going to probably let you go. But make sure you check out um, – we've been working really hard on a series that ties in camping, beer, and biking. So free. Free camping. It's basically we have a hard time finding all these things together. So – We've been putting, to, since we're already doing that research, we're putting together a guide for you guys based on different regions of the country and where you can find free camping close to bike trails, close to breweries. And then also we've added a twist into this series right now that um, features some Harvest Host breweries too for those of you that, that are into the Harvest Host thing. So make sure you check that out. We've got a, a new one coming out with the southeastern region of the United States, so it kind of ties in with this podcast. Yep. but. So check that out and make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating. And if you hadn't noticed, we've got a nice little donation button on our, our podcast page so, on our website. So you can buy, buy us, us a beer. beer and we can, drink, you know, buy us a beer and let us know you did. And we'll we'll zoom in together we or something totally and we'll in. have a cheers together. So, yeah, if you buy us a beer, let us know and we'll we'll hook up a call and we'll do it. We'll have a little uh, our own mini happy hour. That'd be fun. We should totally do that. And yeah. Yeah. Please cool. do. Because. Right now, it's getting hard. it's not as easy as it used to be to get together, and that's a fun way to get together no matter where we're at. So, sweet. All right, cheers, guys. Cheers. We'll see you next time. See you till yeah, I messed that up. Cheers, guys. We'll see you next time.
We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.